This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 690. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 690. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I hope you're well. Oh my gosh. I just have to acknowledge for a minute that I just did this recording to kick off this episode, welcoming you to the 690th episode of the podcast. We are getting so close to 700 episodes and also closing in on 5 million downloads. And holy cow, I just wanted to like acknowledge that that is a lot. And I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited for everything that this show has been for so long. And so th- there'll be more conversation and celebration when we get to episode 700 and and download 5 million. But sometimes you just catch yourself in that moment and you have to acknowledge like, holy cow, this is, it's a big deal. And sometimes we don't recognize until we cross a certain milestone or a certain um, like end point that something is big. And sometimes it's really important to stop in the middle and be like, wow. <laughs> Look at the direction that we're going and look at where we're going to quickly or soon be and just stop and honor that. So that's what I'm doing right here. Today, we're going to talk about why you might be defaulting to fixed mindset. So I talked earlier in the podcast, like years ago, I talked a lot about fixed mindset and growth mindset and the work of Carol Dweck. So Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, has a fantastic book called Mindset that I think every human should read because all of us are so impacted by our mindset and how we show up on any given day, kind of choosing to lean into one kind of mindset versus another. And it can have incredible, profound 
impacts and outcomes in terms of how we take action based on what we think and what we believe and really kind of the values that we carry around based on what we think and believe. So mindset's a really, really big deal. I haven't touched really specifically on fixed mindset versus growth mindset in a while, and I think it's an important time to come back to it because for some of you, this might be a refresher and you might be like, oh my gosh, I didn't recognize how I've maybe shifted my default to be more of a fixed mindset than I would like. And for some of you, this will be brand new, and I think it'll be really illuminating for you to see how your default thinking is either helping you or maybe hindering you in different ways and how we can then have power over the way that we choose to think and show up and perceive things and acknowledge things um, in order to shift outcomes and in order to like feel good on any given day. And that can be hard. It can be hard. Like on any given day, you can find lots of things to feel bad about, but I also hope that you can feel lots of things to feel really great about. Um, So that's what we're going to dig into today is why you might be defaulting to fixed mindset and whether it is because of a personal struggle that you're going through right now or because of where we're at as a world. I think you might see yourself reflected in some of the things we're going to talk about, and I hope that this is helpful. So we'll talk through why you might be in this default of defaulting to fixed mindset. We'll talk about how to get out of it. I'll give you some examples, and I, I think that this will help you moving forward. If you are like, no, I got it. Everything's great right now. Great. Then let you. I want you to listen to this episode considering How are you navigating in good times? And what are those tools that you want to keep practicing so that when things inevitably get tough, which can happen at any given moment of any given day, what are the tools that you're going to pull out of your pocket to be like, yep, I got this. I'm I'm going to be okay. Because you are, you're going to be okay. But sometimes you get thrown those curveballs and you just, you have those moments where you're like, am I going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? So we'll dig into all of that. So Let's first talk about why you might be shifting to fixed mindset. First of all, we have to acknowledge where we are at as a society. And I want to talk a bit about trauma. So I did my um, How to Calm Your Chaos and Let Go of Your Crap workshop a few weeks ago. And one of the things I talked about was really acknowledging the collective trauma that we're in. So I know some of you were at that workshop. It was so fabulous to have you there. But if you weren't at that workshop, I think this is an important thing to dig into. And I've talked about it a few times since then because it just, oh, it really hit home as I started to do some of this research for that workshop in terms of what I wanted to teach in that workshop. I found that it resonates in a lot of different capacities. And I've actually now like in multiple speaking opportunities since then been able to touch back to we are in this place of collective trauma and we have to acknowledge this as individuals, as communities, and then really as a world, if we are to move on in a more functional way. And like right now, in a lot of ways, we're not moving on in very functional ways. So let's first talk about Before we even talk about collective trauma, let's talk about what trauma is, because we often think of trauma as like a one-time horrifying event. And so perhaps a hurricane, which as I record this, Hurricane Ian is about to hit our east coast of the US. So a hurricane could be a traumatic event for sure. A violent act could be a traumatic event. A house fire could be a traumatic event, someone being verbally abusive or physically abusive or sexually abusive or emotionally abusive. These can all be traumatic events. So it can be a one-time thing that causes trauma that then impacts you moving forward, or trauma can absolutely be repeated and prolonged exposure to high stress events. And this is the part that I think we often ignore is that 
chronic or complex trauma can be exposure to multiple events over time. And sometimes we don't recognize them because a one-off of having a bad day isn't necessarily trauma. But when you have a lot of really bad days in a row or in a short period of time, that can absolutely be trauma. And so when we look at the repeated and prolonged high stress, high stakes, uncertainty and unpredictability of the pandemic, that is trauma. When you think of how you had to carry stress and worry in such a big way for your health, your family's health, your children's health, maybe aging parents' health, for a long time, you might have also been worried about job security, you might have been worried about housing security, you might have been worried about food security. Carrying all that for a long period of time is a really big deal. What can happen is because it's like a day in, day out thing, you're like, you get used to it. You're like, this is just my life right now. But that can absolutely be trauma and we can have a trauma response to that. And so I think what we are seeing right now is a bit of a default to and shift backwards to fix mindset because we had to live in this unpredictable and uncertain society for a really long time. And now, even though there's some level of predictability and some level of certainty that has come back, there's still definitely a sense that the rug can be pulled out at any time, that we all know now how quickly things can change and how uncertain things can become within a matter of hours. And so there is this like this bit of like, oh my gosh, what if, and I should always be prepared. And what if the worst happens? Because we've seen the worst happen. We know it's possible. And so there's definitely this piece of, of trauma that we are impacted by now in terms of how we had this exposure to chronic trauma with the high stress that we had to walk carry through the pandemic. When we look at what that means in terms of collective trauma, I'm actually going to take a quote from Psychology Today that I thought talked about this in just a really, really helpful and clear way. So in this article on Psychology Today, and I'll link to the article, it's called What is Collective Trauma? How It Could Be Impacting Us. It's written by Danielle Render Termod and then reviewed by Devin Fry. I will link to it in the show notes. So they talk about whereas the term trauma typically refers to the impact that a traumatic incident has on an individual or a few people, collective trauma refers to the impact of a traumatic experience that affects and involves entire groups of people, communities, or societies. Collective trauma is extraordinary in that not only can bring distress and negative consequences to individuals, but it can change the entire fabric of a community. In fact, collective trauma can impact relationships, alter policies and governmental processes, alter the way society functions, and even change its social norms. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. So it goes on to give the example of the terrorist attacks on September 11th. It talks about COVID-19. It talks about how things changed in government, in society, in travel, in like all the ways that we show up. And so what I've been really thinking through and processing since reading about this and the more I've dug into collective trauma is that not only does it have a huge impact on how society, how we interact with one another in society in terms of policy and politics, which we've definitely seen, government processes, how society functions, but it also really impacts how we show up as employees, how we show up as community leaders, how we show up as parents, how we show up as caregivers to our parents, how we show up as partners, how we show up as friends. So it's changed everything about how we show up in the world when we look at going through collective trauma as it relates to the last few years, especially. So you might be defaulting to fixed mindset because holy cow, this is just so much to process. And everything has been touched in one way or another by what we have been through as a society in the last few years. So that might be a reason that you are like reverting to fixed mindset. And let me be clear on what fixed mindset is. Fixed mindset is very much this idea that things are fixed. And so there's limitations on everything. So when we look at some examples that Carol Dweck uses with fixed mindset and growth mindset, she talks specifically about that fixed mindset tells us that we're either good at something or we're not, that we don't necessarily like to be challenged, that when things are hard, we give up or we just see ourselves as someone. So an example might be like, you know, I've been bad at math since the third grade, so I could never be like the treasurer of the parent association. Or I like to stick with what I know, so I'm not going to apply for that job or position myself for this opportunity because like that seems unfamiliar and cre- and scary and I'm just going to stay here. Fixed mindset definitely is like, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to try new things. I've never done that before. 
I'm, and we talked about this in last week's episode, like if I'm not good at it now, I don't want to try it. So maybe you have a limitation on like how you view yourself as an athlete, which was definitely a huge fixed mindset roadblock for me growing up. Maybe you have a fixed mindset on think you're able to do professionally or not able to do professionally. We typically, when we are in fixed mindset, we believe that our abilities are unchangeable. We believe that we can't learn or grow into new areas or capacities or that there's like definitely some fine limitations. Growth mindset, on the other hand, tells us that we can totally learn new things and we can definitely evolve and grow and figure things out and that we're resourceful and resilient and that if we put in time and effort that we definitely match our effort. So fixed mindset tells us that my efforts and attitude determine my abilities and that if we put work and time and energy into something that we will get an outcome that matches that in some way. Growth mindset tells us that feedback is constructive, like, oh, now I know what I can work on. And whereas fixed mindset, we might take feedback and be like, oh, this means I'm a horrible person, (laughs) which I remember getting feedback in early jobs in my 20s and being like, they told me three things I'm good at and two things I need to work on. And all I can think about is the two things. And now I'm a horrible person because I didn't have those two things already perfected. And I remember one of my bosses being like, Sarah, you need to learn how to take feedback because I would get so defensive when they would be like, here's what you need to work on. So fix or growth mindset is like, oh yeah, this feedback is so helpful. Now I know what to do to get better and then position myself for new, bigger things. And so We also in growth mindset see failure as an opportunity to grow, whereas in fixed mindset, failure is just like, yep, see, I I knew I wasn't good at that. We just, and I'm laughing because sometimes when you say these things out loud, you can kind of hear the ridiculousness of fixed mindset, yet that can easily become our default. So I want you to think through how you maybe have reverted to fixed mindset in the pandemic because of the collective trauma that we've been going through because of the unpredictability and uncertainty where we might've just felt a lot of limitations because there has been a lot of limitations. Those have been very real, but where have we then allowed that to impact our mindset and put limitations on what we believe to be possible? Because that is not going to serve us in the long run. So another reason that you might be defaulting to fixed mindset is because maybe you're hardwired for it. You might just be a glass half empty kind of a person. And I think that you might self-identify that way, or you might know people where you're like, oh yeah, like that person has kind of always been glass half empty and they have to really work at being glass half full. And sometimes this can be because of environmental situations. Sometimes this can just be like, it's kind of who we are. I was talking to a parent the other day who also has a son who was saying, and I was like, oh, your son is so great and so polite and so sweet. And the parent was like, oh yeah, not at home, grumpiest kid you've ever met. Like I give him the grumpiest kid in the world award all the time. So like, you know, those kids that like just come out and the parents are like really nice, positive, happy-go-lucky people. And so like, there's just, you're, some people are just like, the world is a hard place. And you might have to overcome that if you're one of those people. The other thing that can push us into defaulting to fixed mindset is just being constantly around fixed mindset people. And so one of the things that I learned in my 20s as I was considering different professions, and I knew I was working in my job at the psychiatric hospital at the time, and I knew I wanted to shift gears a bit into a new field, but I was really struggling to figure out like, what do I want to do? And I very much felt like I needed to make a commitment to like, what am I going to do for the next 40 years? And so I was, you know, 25 at the time thinking, I have to pick a 
career path, if I go back to school to get my master's, which is what I was considering, I thought I have to pick something that I'm going to do for the next 40 years. And that felt so overwhelming. And what I realized is that I had parents who had gotten a job and stayed in the same job for their entire career, which there's nothing wrong with that. But they didn't really see a lot of opportunity outside of that. And so that was what I thought had to happen. I was like, oh, I have to go do this, find something and do that same thing for 40 years. And I was so overwhelmed by that idea. I was so stuck. I was like, there's nothing I want to do for that long. And then I had this realization that I could give myself permission to go pick something and do it for like five years. And then if I wanted to change again, I could. And this was this huge aha where I was like, oh, just because what's been modeled to me is one thing doesn't mean that I can't go do something different. And that gave me permission to, instead of going to getting my master's in teaching and becoming a teacher, which is what I was really considering at the time, I decided to go get my certification as a personal trainer. And I was like, I'm just going to go do this for a few years and see how it feels. I was like, I'm just going to go try it on and see what happens for a little while. And then I'll figure out the next thing. And maybe this will be the next thing for 40 years, but it's also okay if it's not. And I had this expansiveness around this idea that it doesn't have to be so narrow. Like it doesn't have to be pick one lane, stay in it forever. There's nothing else. And and I was able to see outside of that. And that was a really big moment for me to really recognize that sometimes the things that we're exposed to limit our vision of what is possible. And so I want you to think about the people that you're around or the things that have been modeled to you. How have they potentially led you to default to a fixed mindset and not even in a negative way? Like there's certainly, in my example, there's certainly nothing wrong with picking a career and doing it for 40 years. But what are some of the limitations of that thinking and exposure that maybe are keeping you from seeing other things that are possible? So we also probably can think through situations where you're maybe in a meeting or a family situation where everyone just only sees the things that are negative or hard or bad. And you're sitting there and you're like gouging your eyes out because you're like, this is so painful to be around, you know, this group of people who are just Eeyores. Like they're just like, everything is hard. Everything's awful. Nothing works out for me. Like when you are in a group of people like that, it can be incredibly painful. And I've, (laughs) I've been there. I've also worked with people who are like, holy cow, like this is what it's like in my family, in the family I was raised in, in my marriage, in my workplace it's really hard. And when that's what you're around, it's you're like, we're all sponges, right? So you start to absorb that. And you're like, yeah, like, I see things as really limiting as well. If all I'm being exposed to is people talking about how limiting things are, it's easy to start to feel that yourself. And societally, that's what we've been exposed to for the last few years, like, just so much worry and stress around limitations and reality around limitations as well. So recognizing like, okay, How am I going to challenge myself to think outside of that or see beyond that so that I'm not just constricted to maybe what some of the belief systems around me are saying or the people around me are are holding? So those are three ways that you might be defaulting to that fixed mindset, perhaps related to the pandemic and collective trauma, perhaps being hardwired for it, perhaps being around groups, people, family members, work environments where it's a lot of fixed mindset stuff happening. I want to give you a few examples where I've seen this come up recently because I think this will also be really helpful. So I was in a conversation with someone recently who was like, I made all the wrong choices in my life. And now granted, this person was like having a hard day. A lot of things had very legitimately some like hard things had happened. But the person was like, I made all the wrong choices. And now here I am. And I'm stuck in this reality that's just horrible. And because I made all the wrong choices. And as I was listening, and I was 
stepping back from this person's situation and able to see it through a really, you know, from an outsider's perspective, I was like, wow, I can see why they're saying that. And also I see it so differently. And I was kind of tracking like some of the decisions that this person had made over the years and thinking, I see what you're saying. And I also see how where you are right now, even though you're having a really hard, you know, really hard Tuesday or whatever the day it was, you're really positioned in a way where you have so much support. And because of some of the choices that you made that you're deeming as the quote unquote wrong choices, you've actually set yourself up to have more support than a lot of people. And from what I know of the situation, I know the people that are in your support network will be so honored to show up for you in this really hard season. And so I was sitting after I got done talking to this person, I was kind of sitting there thinking that, that like one person can be thinking like, I made all the wrong choices in my life and everything is wrong. And an outsider can be like, wow, you really set yourself up to be so supported in this hard season and good for you to really, you know, invest in relationships and connections and without even recognizing it, but perhaps subconsciously, a little bit strategically situating yourself so that you are surrounded by so much love and care that in your hardest moments, there are people who will show up for you without hesitation. And sometimes it's having that like outsider view versus being the person in it where you can see it just completely 180 degrees differently. So that's one example, like someone being like, I made all the wrong choices and me being like, I think you are like really well positioned right now, even though this is, I fully admit a really hard moment. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Another example is over the past few years, I've had a number of friends and clients who have divorced. And as they've gone through that, it's come up so many times where they've said, I married the wrong person. And when they say I married the wrong person, it's like I married the wrong person and now I'm in this really sticky situation and it's messy and it's complicated and it's really hard for me and it's really hard for my kids. And all that is so true. Like I do not at all want to minimize how hard and sticky and messy divorce can be. And I know because my parents got divorced when I was very young, I was four and I am now 40, almost 47. And I am still talking about my parents' divorce and therapy all the time. (laughs) And and my parents had a really easy, clean divorce, as easy as a divorce can be. I should say simple, not easy, simple and clean divorce. 
So, but my friends and clients who have talked about this, they're like, oh, I married the wrong person. And they look at it as like this really big mistake and I really messed up. And yeah, you can absolutely look at something like that. You can look at like, I made this really big misstep in my life. Or you can look at it that like, well, yeah, that didn't work out that thing like really objectify it. That thing that I did didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to. And that sucks. That's really hard because it now puts me in a position of having to make a really big transition that's really complicated and very layered and potentially very painful for myself and for my kids. And also, had I not made those choices, would these children be here? (laughs) And also, what about other things like the neighborhood I live in and the job that I have and the friends that I have and the house that I live in and all these other things, the way that I know how to make decisions, the way that I've learned to stand up for myself, the way I've learned to hold my own values in spite of it maybe not being aligned with our relationship. I have been like so, I've had some amazing conversations. I've been so blown away and talking with some of my friends who've gone through divorce And hearing their perspective shift from like the beginning to the end of the process, where at the beginning, it's like, I married the wrong person and this was like the worst mistake ever and blah, 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 which is like all very legitimate to think and feel. But then getting through the process of it and recognizing like, wow, that relationship served a purpose for a really important season of my life. And I grew so much and I learned so much about myself and I know now what I need and what I want and what I desire, what I stand for, who I am. So you can often see on the back end of things the growth mindset piece of like, oh, I needed that really hard experience to be the person who that I want to become. So you can move from fixed mindset of like, I made this hor- most horrible mistake to, wow, this opened up so much for me. Now, that doesn't mean it's not hard. It doesn't mean that you bypass that it's incredibly complicated. But there are still pieces where you can see a lot of opportunity and a lot of space to shift how you think about it. One other example that I am talking a lot with clients about right now is being stuck in the wrong job. So I'm talking with multiple of my life coaching and leadership clients right now about being stuck in the wrong job and like I made the wrong choice or I've been stuck here forever and I need to stay here because of the pay or the benefits or whatever. And one of the things that keeps coming up as we talk this through is a lot of times being stuck in the wrong job quote unquote, wrong job or a bad job really positions you to leverage new skills in incredible ways for your next job. And so as I've been talking through with clients, like, okay, so what are the things that you've done in this job that are that have stretched you and that, where you've had to grow and where you've had to identify your values or where you've recognized and learned and owned your values in new ways? And when I've talked this through every single time, I get to the end of a conversation and people, my clients are like, oh yeah, now I can see how I'm actually really poised to do something to up-level myself in a certain way in the next job, whatever that is, to do something new and different and higher level than what I'm doing now, and how this job, this wrong job or bad job has actually qualified me to take a step up instead of a step over. And that's been so eye-opening for my clients and really, really fun and exciting to see. So I want you to think about when you get stuck in like, I made the wrong choices or I did the wrong thing or that was the worst mistake of my life or I'm stuck in this place. What else can be true in those moments? Which leads us to how to get out of these fixed mindset moments or seasons in life where things might be really hard. We might feel super stuck. So the first thing is to acknowledge the suck acknowledge the suck. This is not about being like making everything rainbows and unicorns when it's not. So it's acknowledging the suck, acknowledging the hard stuff, recognizing like this is hard. This is horrible. I don't like being here. I don't want to be here. (laughs) Like 
owning all of that and then asking what else is true. So yes, this is hard. Yes, this is awful. Yes, this this maybe is the hardest thing I've ever done. And what else is true? I'm resourceful. I'm resilient. I'm doing this. This is going to qualify me for the next thing. This is helping me learn about what I am willing to do in my life and what I'm not willing to do or what I'm willing to stand for and what I'm not willing to stand for. There's always more that is true. And you can always ask yourself that question when you're finding yourself in that, I call it the black hole of no, where you're just like spinning down the spiral path into nothing and just recognize, just feeling like everything is like a no and everything is bad and everything is dark. And you're just like tumbling down the the tunnel or the hole and you can't see out of it. Asking yourself what else is true? Because there's always something outside of that black hole of no But you have to like stop, look up, see the light, find the crack and be like, okay, that is something that I can move forward with or move forward in. Number two, the second thing you can get, you can do to get out of fixed mindset is to ask for someone else's perspective on your situation. So in the examples that I gave you, I gave all examples of like me talking to people who were saying, I made all the wrong choices. I made the biggest mistake. I'm stuck in this place. And me saying, oh, I totally hear you. I see like, this is really hard and sticky and complicated and maybe traumatic and challenging. And also from where I'm standing, I can also see like you're super skilled or you're really talented or you're really tied into a network that can support you. Or I can see where this is positioning you to do this next thing that's really awesome, even though this moment feels really awful. So asking an outsider, even saying like, hey, I'm having a really hard time seeing outside of myself right now. What's your take on this? Because I think sometimes we can then get someone's perspective of like, I see you having someone say, I see you and I see how you're showing up. And I know that you're really strong and I've seen you do hard things before. And I know that you can do this too. And all of a sudden we can start to think and see like, oh, okay, there's some possibility. There's the potential. There's something to work with here. And then the third thing to do to get out of fixed mindset is practicing gratitude and wins. (laughs) And I know that this is like me being a broken record, but If you have a routine practice around owning and honoring your gratitudes and your wins, you will be able to shift how your brain sees obstacles over time. And I know this because I have done this. It is easy for me to be a fixed mindset person. And especially if I'm isolated, like I don't do well living alone because I quickly devolve into fixed mindset. Like the world gets real small for me if I'm living alone. And so I know that I need to have a gratitude and win practice. Now, I don't live alone now, but I know that when I'm susceptible to, and I know the things that trigger it, I know that when I have a gratitude or win practice, I can pull myself out of those hard moments. So it can be when I live alone, which has not been in a long time, but it can also be when I'm having a hard season in business or in relationships. I know where my triggers are, and I know that that is where it is especially important for me to be practicing gratitudes and wins. And I keep this really simple. Like literally, while I'm drinking my coffee in the morning, acknowledging three things I'm grateful for. I do this every morning. At the end of the day, acknowledging three wins or three things that happened today that feel good. And sometimes I'm literally copying things from my to-do list, like record podcast episode might be on my to-do list and then it might show up on my win list. Like, yep, recorded the podcast episode, check, done. That's a win. Wins don't have to be this massive, like got a raise in a promotion. It might be that sometimes, but often it's just the little things where you're like, whoop, got that done, check the box. That can be a win for the day. When you consistently practice gratitude and wins, 
you shift how your brain works. You literally create neuroplasticity that allows you to then in hard moments in the future, see what else is true when you find yourself slipping into the suck and seeing only the hard things. You're able to pull yourself out more quickly and more efficiently and more effectively. So there you have it, why you might be defaulting to a fixed mindset, how to pull yourself out and what steps that you can take. So I hope that if you saw yourself in here today, you're able to recognize some steps that you can take moving forward. If you know someone going through a hard time who's maybe defaulting to fixed mindset right now, please share this episode. Tag me at Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram. I love being here with you. And in two days, we have a great episode with Denisha, who's going to be here talking about some really fantastic things. This episode coming up on Wednesday was a really special episode to me. I loved this, my conversation. So make sure you tune in on Wednesday and I will see you then. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 